Everybody, good to see you today. Good to be with you today. It is a Friday morning, and uh, here locally, what that means for us is that tomorrow is the uh, the girlfriend's day out at Fairhaven Camp. And uh, if you haven't signed up, that's all right. You can show up. I don't remember the hours that that starts. If you get there at nine o'clock, probably you're just fine. Uh, just show up if, if you if you are a lady. There are men, there are women, uh, and if you are a lady and uh, you would like to participate out at Fairhaven tomorrow, there's uh, 30, 40 women who will be out there from Veracity Chapel who will be uh, spending some time together, just having fun, doing some crafts, eating some food, having some study, having some worship, uh, and that all takes place tomorrow out at Fairhaven Camp. My wife is 
intricately involved in that. So I better be promoting it. You know it for certain. So great, great day tomorrow. Hey, we are in the book of Jude. Uh, I'm not sure how much of the text I'm going to be in today. Uh, I'm talking about uh, further unfolding of modern-day heresy today because Jude brings it out. I had originally entitled this uh, uh, this talk, this study to be uh, persevering, a Christian perseverance, but I've decided to not end today um, with the book of Jude. In fact, I might even broadcast Monday morning uh, one last time before I head out to Montana to try to wrap up this book. Just letting you know that definitely will not be on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday next week. Absolutely can tell you I will not be on those days next week. And uh, uh, so I will uh, just mention that to you. I'll try to wrap up the book of Jude. It's amazing, a short little book, and we've spent the entire week on it so far. I, I do want to talk about uh, heresies that are prevalent in our culture, are prevalent in our society, uh, how they impact uh, us. And uh, I, before I get there, though, I, I want to read to you, um, I want to read to you a, a statement of faith and see how much of this you would agree with. And I would think you probably will agree with most of it. Um, so let me read to you some of the statements. Uh, we believe in the Trinity. Uh, God the Father, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, God the Creator, Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe that Jesus' command to love one another as I have loved you is foundational. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, and this church quotes uh, St. Francis of Assisi's wisdom to preach the gospel always when necessary, use words, and it resonates deeply with us. Uh, we believe that the Christian faith is a journey, not a destination. We think of ourselves as a work in progress as Christians. Would you agree with that? Uh, certainly, I, I think you would believe in that. Uh, we believe... Christian faith is founded on three primary calls that we see through Jesus, to love God, to love our neighbor, to love ourselves. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you would likely believe uh, in that. Uh, I, want to, uh, I want to read to you further, though. I mean, there are many things that would be stated. Uh, we believe in the Bible. We use the Bible. Um, we read the Bible, but let me read to you further what is said. We believe that God's will and way are revealed in Jesus of Nazareth. We probably would say we believe in that as well. <clears throat> we believe that the, histor that the historical Jesus, the Jewish rabbi carpenter who lived in ancient Palestine, became the Christ as his followers encountered him in their midst after his uh, earthly death. Holy Spirit awakened them to the power of Jesus' presence in their midst. Jesus came alive when they trusted that his love, guidance, support, comfort, and challenge remained with them, even though his physical body did not. 
Jesus' life, death, and resurrection provide the inspiration and challenge for us to live as followers of Jesus today. Now, I'm reading this to you. Have you picked up a little bit of the air? I mean, we would say, well, yeah, we, we believe that Jesus' physical body, uh, his death, resurrection, provide inspiration, challenge us for us to live as followers of Jesus today. We'd say, yeah, we, we certainly do believe that. But notice what else they said. Uh, we believe that he became the Christ as his followers and counted him in their midst after his earthly death. The whole death, the Holy Spirit awakened them to the power of Jesus' presence in their myth, midst. Wow. Uh, Jesus came alive when they trusted that his love, guidance, support, comfort, and challenge remained uh, with them, even though his physical body did not. For them, the resurrection is Jesus being resurrected within them, perhaps not even a physical resurrection uh, to which they point, but a resurrection of Jesus in their in their beings. That is what they would teach. It is erroneous. Now, some of the beliefs, the Christian faith is founded on three primary, three primary calls that we see in Jesus, to love God, to love our neighbor, to love ourselves. Okay, we'd say we agree with that. But this is the next statement that is made. The Christian faith is our way of being faithful to God. But, big but. In fact, this is a B-U-T. I would say this is a B-U-T-T. Uh, it is not the only way. Christianity is the truth for us, but it's not the only truth. Now you see the slippery slope down which this tradition goes. This principle stems from the reality of the, 21st, uh, of the 21st century. We share our lives with people who are Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist. We experience these people as loving and caring by following their religious traditions. To deny that is to deny that God can only draw people through one way. That simply isn't borne out in our experience. The power of the Christian faith to transform lives does not require that it be exclusively true. Exclusivity is born out of fear, the fear that there is one train to God, and if you aren't on that train, you'll go to hell. We believe there are many trains, and God welcomes them all. Heresy, friends, this is heresy. It goes against the traditions of, uh, of the church throughout all ages until the 21st century. God loves, uh, the, the love of God involves all aspects of life, not just human life. Care of the earth and its ecosystems is an expression of Christian faith and stewardship. I, I would agree with that statement. Care of the earth and its ecosystems is an expression of the Christian faith and stewardship, but they go further. This, this principle stems from our ever-widening understanding of climate change and influence of our carbon footprint uh, that it has on the quality of the air, water, and soil. Science and religious faith are friends. I, I, I would agree with that statement. Each informs the other. I, I think that can be true if it's true science. Wisdom and insight from both are essential for Christian faith. I think we as Christians who do believe in the Bible should understand stewardship the best and, and, and yet be able to stand against some of the error that is out there. Another statement made. Love of neighbor means extending kindness and care. Those in our family and our local and global communities. 
Further, love of neighbor includes affirmation of the LGBTQ community, immigrants, people of other faith traditions, and even those who are our enemies. Okay, I believe we need to love everyone. I believe that we uh, would love them, but I also would uh, I would disagree that we must affirm uh, that they are on the right path. Um. Love of self means engaging in spiritual disciplines. Now, notice, here is another one of the errors. It's love of self. Notice it isn't love of God. It's, it's love of self. Uh, worship, prayer, music, study of the Bible, and other literature feeds the mind, heart, and spirit. Now, they place the Bible on the same plane as other literature, or they place other literature on the same plane as the Bible. Uh, it, it is not a a unique book to them. It is not a an all. Uh, it is not a powerful book to them. It is not an inerrant book to them. It is not those things. So, love of self includes giving time for rest. And I, God built that in. Yes, we need to acknowledge. Sometimes we do poorly. I raise my hand. I do poorly with that, especially right now. Uh, it, it involves uh, time for recreation, nurturing of friendships, healthy diet, physical exercise. I, I think the Christian can and should apply those things to life, but they raise these to the level of, of godliness uh, with the exclusion of what the Bible calls godliness. So, um, and then there, this points to a fuller expression of this version of Christianity found in the Phoenix Affirmations. The fuller expression, and again, what I am reading to you comes from a church that uh, labels itself as a progressive Christian church. Uh, they will talk about they believe in uh, the priesthood of all believers. We would say we believe that. This belief means that all of us are ministers of the gospel, not just the ordained clergy. As a result, all can be in relationship directly with God through worship, study, prayer, and service to others. Uh, an intermediator between God and people is not necessary. Um, they rule out the need of a pope, a bishop, or a priest. Uh, and they point back to 1957, uh, and, and various things. Um, they talk about being reformed and reforming. There is a dynamic aspect of our faith and practice. We believe that God calls us in each generation to use our minds, our hearts, our spirits to keep the Christian faith alive and relevant. Ancient traditions and practices shape who we are, but they do not define who we are. God continues to shape us as the world changes. Our reforming and our reformed, reforming character was pioneered by Jesus himself as one who was raised in the Jewish faith. He knew well the law and the prophets. His purpose was not to start a new religious tradition. His purpose and call was to bring the faith of his people back to life, to make the reign of God a present reality. The gospel tells us that Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He established a new covenant, a new pathway to aliveness in God. The covenant through Jesus expanded God's beloved community beyond the boundaries of Judaism. Now, I talk about all of this 
and and what I want to uh, what I want to say is, uh, you notice how much it sounds correct. But another thing I want to point out is it is focused on your development. It is not speaking about the. Uh, uh, it is not speaking about the. Um, the glory of God. It isn't about God. It's about you, and it's about you being all you're supposed to be, and it's about uh, all these different things. Uh, very little said about the. In fact, I don't remember reading anything about the glory of God here in this at all. So, uh, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's called progressive Christianity. Uh, and uh, we we stand starkly uh, different. Uh, I would say I, I it, especially thinking through what Jude is challenging us to. Uh, I I would say that we need to stand in opposition to this. They talk about Jesus. They probably they talk about reading the Bible. They talk about prayer. They talk about worship. They talk about all the same things we do. Uh, if you were to go to some of their worship services, you probably would experience some of the same songs that we sing. Um, and this is where we have to have our antenna on. This is where we need to have a sense of discernment within ourselves to understand the falsehood uh, and the error. Now, it's heresy. I want to talk about for a moment what is heresy. Let me define heresy for us here uh, Again, I'm just looking at some of my study notes over on my other screen. So let me uh, uh, let me go back there to that screen. Heresy, opinion or doctrine at variance with the orthodox and accepted doctrine, especially of a church religious system. Now, but they would say, well, but we're part of that religious system. We are Christian, uh, and and we're saying that this we are saying that this is orthodox. Let alone the fact that all over the globe. For 1,500 to 2,000 years, in the Christian tradition, others have said things that are at odds with what is saying in 21st century progressive Christianity. And there are churches that may not define themselves as progressive Christian churches, but yet they have some of the same practices, and we need to be aware of these things. Uh, heresy. The, the willful and resistant rejection of, of any article of faith by a baptized member of the church, they reject it, or, or it's a church that rejects the article of faith that others believe. Uh, any belief or theory that is strongly at variance with the established beliefs and customs and what they want to do is to throw out what has been established. This is where church history is important. Some people go, what's the big deal? Why study church history? Because it helps us to see where we, how we've gotten to where we have gotten. It helps us to establish what is orthodox, what is solid, what is unchanging, what they believe from, from uh, the, the before Christ era out of the Old Testament into the New Testament into the early church era carrying on up through church history, main, uh, maintaining of those beliefs, we need to come to the place where we would say we believe the same. But what is happening with the progressive Christian movement is the rejection 
of those things. Heresy is not the same as error. Sometimes I might speak in error, but I am not uh, I am not running away from the truth of Scripture. I am not rejecting it. If it speaks to it and I'm wrong, I'll say, well, I was wrong. The progressive would say the Scripture is wrong or our understanding of the Scripture is wrong. And the progressive Christian would say uh, the Bible becomes the Word of God to us as it speaks to our hearts. I reject that. In fact, we reject that. Orthodox Christianity rejects that. And we would say that we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. It doesn't become the Word of God. Yes, it may speak to our hearts. Yes, it may inspire us. Yes, we may gain insights into it. But it doesn't change the fact. It is the Word of God in its in its entirety, in its written form. And, and this is where it's so important as well that we be so cautious about uh, groups that, that are always looking for new revelation because th- there is such a danger. Now, now again, I talked about the revelation the other day of, of, of God, uh, the spirit of God uh, prompting you to, to take certain actions or to not do certain things. Therein, we either quench or grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't listen to what he says. I mean, that, that prompting, and, and, and in a sense, that is a revelation, a work of the Spirit, a teaching of the Spirit, prompting a leading of the Spirit, a, a, a work of the Spirit in our lives. But I want more of my diet to come through what I read in Scripture. It is safe there. Heresy is not the same as error. I, I can say something erroneous, but... Uh, it is uh, not. It's it's a difference. If I if I'm an heir, I I'm willing to be corrected. A person who is a heretic is not willing to be corrected. Heresy is the choice to abandon the widely accepted teaching on an essential doctrine and embrace one's own view. That is heresy. Heresy, as Paul says in Galatians one nine, is to preach another gospel. As we said before, and now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, contrary to the one written in the text of Scripture, I added that little bit, let him be accursed. I mean, Paul calls down a curse upon somebody who speaks in opposition and defiance to the gospel found in the Scriptures. Technically speaking, someone is not something is not a heresy just because the church deemed it so. It's heretical because it's a teaching which has abandoned the pattern of sound teaching. Uh, there, there are some heresies, like the heresy of Judaizers. What, what that means is the contribution of your good, good deeds or efforts help you to salvation. You know, if you're a good person, that, that will help you to salvation. No, salvation is through grace, by faith, or by grace, through faith alone, period. Um, and if that salvation is real, it shows up in our lives, and we live it out uh, and, and demonstrate the reality of our salvation. Oh, I could go much deeper with, with thoughts there. Um, The fundamental problem with the, the, the heresy of the Judaizers is that they would hold that something other than union with Christ was necessary for salvation. We see this today. You see churches that talk about your good works and if you're a good person and so on, that will fit you to heaven. Uh, 
fact, LifeWay Research uh, study, 36% of uh, evangelicals believe that the good works they do contribute to earning their way into heaven. Uh, This is the same belief that the Judaizers had that Paul wrote against in the book of Galatians. There is a heresy of of, uh, docetism and Gnosticism where Christ only appeared to be human. Uh, Though Gnosticism had various forms, one of the most uh, pernicious, one that is still present today, is Docetism. Docetism is an early heresy that taught that Christ only appeared to be human. Uh, This philosophy was that physical matter was evil and all things spiritual were good. Therefore, it was unthinkable that God would actually take on human flesh. Uh, And so um, this led to something called asceticism. And what asceticism is, is denial of the flesh, denial of the body. This is this you would see this in some uh, Asian practice, Hinduistic practices, um, other cultic practices where by denying my flesh and going and sitting out in a, on a rock somewhere for for a year uh, and denying the flesh uh, only to get a little bit of nourishment, uh, they think that will make them more spiritual. That is asceticism, punishing the flesh, punishing licentiousness because the body counts for nothing. Uh, uh, the prosperity gospel, the ancient form of this heresy, uh, didn't really have a name, but it appears in First Corinthians chapter four, verses eight through thirteen. In this text, Paul speaks uh, tongue in cheek about those in Corinth who have already become kings. The Corinthians believed that they were living in the blessings that were reserved for the future. To steal the popular phrase that the Corinthians believed that they were to begin living their best life now. They believed true things applied to them at the wrong time. They wished to acquire on earth things that would only come in heaven. Um, this is this is one of the things that, that is part of the heresy that we see. And... Um, in the modern day, we're going to make the world better. Friends, we are not going to make the world better. Uh, we don't get better. We are not getting toward a better state. Those who would say, yes, we have our freedoms, we're getting toward a better state. No, we are not. Just look at how divisive the world is today. There, There is Pelagianism. God responds to us and not the other way around. Look at the innocent baby. I doubt we realize we're affirming heresy when we say such a thing. Yet 83% of evangelicals affirm a statement. A person obtains peace with God by first taking the initiative to seek God, and then God responds with grace. I doubt they intend to affirm heresy, but it's true. Pelagianism is a heresy from the time of Augustine, uh, which refuses to die. It, uh Augustine, who said, grant what thou commandest and command what thou dost desire. Pelagius believed that such teaching was uh, leading to immorality. He believed Augustine was so exalting divine sovereignty that he was denying human responsibility. So Pelagian talked about the responsibility of man and how we have the the, the responsibility all uh, laying upon us. 
So uh, I want to read a comment, and I did miss. In fact, I do need to talk about a few prayer requests, uh, one that I, I did miss yesterday uh, in the comments. Uh, Fran saying, I, I attended St. Francis uh, years ago, and after a short while felt it wasn't right. The Holy Spirit moved me out. I couldn't pinpoint specifics. It wasn't obvious, as their statement today indicates. You know, and now, and that's that's that particular church, um, their statement, you, you have to look at the statement. You know, that's why I say we need to understand our statement. We need to lay our statement down alongside the modern statement to understand the differences in these things and to understand the error against which we stand. Uh, the error so much of, of against which we stand is an error that says, we're more enlightened now. We understand better now. Freedom for all to be what they are. No, uh, if if I were to be what I want to be, uh, you wouldn't recognize me if I followed my flesh. Um, I don't follow my flesh. And there are things that we can follow to a certain measure that, that are acceptable to God, but then there comes a point when you cross a line. Um, and, and now what you're doing is no longer acceptable before God because it consumes you. Uh, food can be that way. Drink can be that way. Caffeine can be that way. Uh, pleasure can be that way. And, and we lose the, the, our gratitude toward God. We, we lose our desire to live for the glory of God. Uh, and because now we're living for the glory of self and all that comes uh, into play uh, in that kind of a way. So um, I, I share these things with you uh, just for us to understand the, the, the need of uh, being aware of what is some of this, uh, some of the air, so that we do not find ourselves uh, pulled into this air. Uh, back, let me read this. This is from whitehorseinn.org. Uh, progressive Christianity is a movement that is infiltrating, influencing the evangelical church. Some of the most high-profile Christian leaders are a part of it. This movement seeks to reinterpret the Bible, reassess historic doctrines, redefine the core tenets of the faith while claiming the title Christian and boasting a high view of the Bible, it is sweeping up many unsuspecting Christians into a false view of who God is and how he saves people. It can be very difficult to spot. It's not like progressive Christians typically introduce themselves and say, Hi, I'm your friendly neighborhood progressive Christian, and I'm here to preach a different gospel. No, they don't do that. In fact, many don't even know that they're being deluded. The slow slide into progressive Christianity is so subtle it is almost imperceptible unless you know some basics. Here are some of the things. What do they deny? They, they deny the atonement. They will refer to Jesus' sacrifice on the cross as horrific and even unnecessary. The idea that God the Father required blood sacrifice is perceived to be an indictment on God's character, turning him into a divine abuser. And so sometimes they refer to this as cosmic child abuse. They deny biblical authority and inspiration. 
Uh, in the progressive church, the Bible's viewed more like an ancient spiritual travel journal than an inspired, inerrant, authoritative word of God. Biblical writers are viewed as meaning uh, as well-meaning ancient people who are doing their best to understand God in their times and in their places, but were not necessarily speaking for God. Scripture is seen as contradictory, not internally coherent, not authoritative. They deny original sin. The, doc, the doctrine of original sin is roundly rejected in progressive Christianity with the idea of the original blessing put in its place. Progressive Christians don't typically deny that sin exists or that, it's, or that it is a bad thing, but they often deny the idea that we have some sort of sin nature that was passed down to us. In other words, we are inherently good. Instead, they teach that sin isn't what separates us, but our own self-imposed shame and denial of God. And when we turn back to God, then we, we, we become okay again. The deity of Jesus is, is rejected. The physical resurrection of Jesus, the virgin birth, uh, is uh, uh, seen this way. Uh, the progressive church, the vir- virgin birth, and other miraculous events can be downplayed, ignored, uh, like the resurrection, and, and viewed as less important than life lessons that we can apply to our morality. The Trinity of God, uh, the sinlessness of Jesus, what do they affirm? They affirm uh, LGBTQ relationships and marriage, universalism and universal reconciliation, the gospel, social justice and critical theory, pluralism, pantheism, panantheism, perennialism, all these words you say, I don't even know what those things are. Well, see, this, this is why I do this, to help us learn, to help us grow so that we can uh, be more well-rounded ourselves and be alert to the errors that are out there. Uh, some of these things show up in, in the modern church, and, and there are progressive churches, and there are churches that are uh, what I might call... Uh, quasi uh, progressive churches, churches that maybe still have some vestiges of evangelicalism about them. But we have to watch out for these things, friends. Um, Notice just one verse from from Jude that I'll share, and then we're going to call it a day today. Verse 16, these men are grumblers and fault finders. They, they might be grumbling against the church. They might be grumbling against the government, or they may not be. Uh, but other further definition found in this verse, they follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves. It is all about self. Your best life now was quoted in what I was reading. Um they flatter others for their advantage. If I can just make you feel better about yourself, it's to my advantage. I made you feel good about yourself. Well, friends, maybe we need to make people feel bad about themselves in the sense of apart from Jesus Christ, you're destined to eternal separation from God or uh, the challenge of, of the sinfulness that we have that we need to reckon with God. I, I know this hasn't been the most uh, inspiring of uh, talks today. I, I know that. And, uh, but I, I believe felt it necessary to consider, uh, these things because, um, of what we've been talking about because of 
what Jude is calling his readers toward, and he's calling us toward the same thing. Don't sell out. Don't give yourself to some cheapened view that calls itself Christian. Uh, we made to. Uh, we need to to understand. We need to stand our ground uh, and hold out for the faith once entrusted, as Jude wrote earlier up in this passage. So we hold out for truth in that way. Well, friends, I am really at the end of what I was going to share with you today. We're at the end of our time here today. Um, I would encourage you. Um, you can you can do some research on your own about the progressive Christian movement and just what it is and what it's not. And uh, um, study about heresy. There's a lot out there. I I sometimes see a lot of banter out there that maybe is not necessary. But we also need to be aware of the, the question, are we living for the glory of God? Well, friends, that's it for today. I'm going to pray you into your day. Lord, I thank you for the for the time we can share together. It's hard stuff, but we need to be prepared uh, for what we face in our world. Uh, as much as we need to be inspired, we need to be prepared and equipped to stand for truth. So, Lord, I pray that you would take what we have studied today uh, and use it to garrison our hearts and our minds that we would stand in and for your truth. All for the glory of God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. Have a great day, everyone.